pray for my, my stepdad's sanity. <laughs> but I was able to sneak in the hospital a few times. I say sneak. I just, because they won't let you in, you know. And uh, so I just walk in with my pastor's guard, put my sports jacket on the whole nine yards. And I, I said, I'm here to pray with so-and-so. She has a different last name than I, I do, you know, because uh, she's remarried. My father's not alive. And, oh, maybe. <laughs> so <laughs> I went straight on in. And then I found out that a friend of ours that was here visiting with us, she was in another hospital across town with a blood clot in the lung. And so, so I'd go all the way across Lafayette and I'd get in that one the same way and go back to this one and that one. <laughs> so but I can tell you this, too, that, uh, you know, Tuesday morning, uh, I was over at the governor's prayer breakfast. I was invited to that, and uh, it, it was great. Uh, what was interesting was is um, they told us that the last big uh, gathering of 2020 was the prayer breakfast. And then this is the first big gathering after that was the prayer breakfast. That's the wow. 57th prayer breakfast, wow. uh, and it's, it's continued 57 years. And uh, everybody, you know, the prayer, all the different things that, that we were doing, uh, and so it just, you know, listening to our governor, which I may not uh, agree with all the time politically, but to listen to his heart as he's sitting there, you know, talking and things like that was, was just great to be a part of. Uh, and listening to them praying for our first responders and, you know, our, our medical staff and all that. So it was good to be there to see. Uh, I told Nancy and them, though, I said, I, I thought Jonah walked up on the stage to sing uh, from where I was sitting. I took a picture and sent it to him. They're like, it does look like Jonah. You know, once you zoom in, you see the difference. But from where I was, I was like, that Jonah fixed to play the guitar? You know, so they did Rattle and Waymaker. I was, or no, Graves in the Gardens and Waymaker. I was like, Jesus, come on now. Now they didn't, you know, we didn't get to dance or anything. But, you know, but let's stand up tonight. We're going to pray and we're going to do a little bit of worship if we, if we can do that. My head's set going out. Yes, it is. Let me plug this thing in. Hallelujah. I need it. Father, we thank you for all your mercy and your grace. And Lord, that you are here with us tonight. Father, we come into this place tonight to worship you and to love you and just say thank you. Lord, you take care of so many things we don't even realize. And tonight we just want to say, Ken, thank you. Thank you for loving us the way you do. And thank you for all the things that you've done. Lord, let us just enjoy your presence here tonight. Lord, we're going to study your word in a little while. And but right now, Father, I just pray your presence would be just overwhelming in this place. Just let it be refreshing to us, Lord, and, and just to help us to be strong as we continue through this week. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Come on, if you agree, I want you to shout an amen with me tonight. Amen. amen. Come on, let's worship.
This is my daily bread. Your very word spoken to me, and I, I'm desperate for you. come close with 
nothing can compare our living hope your presence your presence come on let's just sing Holy Spirit Come flood this place 
Give him some praise in his house tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn and tell somebody how much you love them tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. All right, I have to go set up down there. Hallelujah. You got your Bibles tonight? Come on. Got to get them out. Got our softball champ over there. What's up? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, no. She's rolling her eyes, so I'm just. Hey, y'all don't forget that uh, Friday we're going to leave here at 3 to be going over to Vider, Texas to uh, that revival. We're going to uh, leave here at 3 o'clock so we can get there right around 6 because uh, the doors open at 6. Uh, I know Mike and Bev said they're getting a hotel room, so they're riding by themselves, but we're going to ride back afterward. Hey, I think we're going to be so amped up on the Holy Ghost, it ain't going to matter, but that's just me. You know, and when the Holy Ghost runs out, well, he don't run out, but uh, just saying. Hey, I've been to some of them services before where we were so amped up, we went over to the IHOP and, and sat there and ate some food so that when we were driving, if we got stopped, we didn't, you know, get in trouble, you know, because we may not have been able to walk the line just right. Uh, but we'll leave that like that. So, hey, so 3 o'clock on Friday, if you want to come, make, just make sure you let me know uh, so we'll have enough room to get everybody. But Sunday when I was preaching, there was uh, Romans chapter 8. Uh, you don't have to put any of it up just yet. Um, there was that one verse in there. I said, you know, we're going to go back and do a little bit of studying. Uh, Romans 8, uh, flip over to verse 14. And uh, we're going to do a little bit of studying over the next few weeks, I guess. We'll see how long it takes us. Uh, I can tell you this, that um, I got four words in, and I've got almost four pages worth of notes off of four words. And so we're not going to get very far tonight, but that's okay. You know, I got nothing else better to do anyways, you know, but study the word, you know, there you go, see. All right, Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 17. I'm going to read these, and then we're going to go back and study them. Uh, it says, the mature child, children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, adoption, enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned. 
For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. I want to stop right there and just make a side. Can I chase a rabbit for just a second? Uh, Jason Upton years ago uh, wrote this song in uh, first language, I think is what it's called. And, and I told somebody one time, I gave him the album, the CD. I said, man, you got to listen to this. I didn't give him any instructions. So they popped it in, just pressed play, and that was the first song they listened to. And they're like, this dude's crazy. They didn't listen to anything else. I'm like, what are you talking about? And they told me, and I said, oh, no, no, no. Each song leads into the other. And so if, if you were to put on that, that, I think it's first language, it starts out, ah, ah, it, you'd think the guy was crazy. But, but he goes in, and then eventually it starts sounding a little bit more, da, 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 da. And he says, just like a child learning to say, da-da, we need to learn how to say father. And, and it's an amazing song when you really listen to it. A much-needed education, a much-needed revelation is what he says, but I just wanted to stop and throw that out. Verse 16, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost beings, you are God's beloved children. Verse 17, and since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures, for indeed we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we, are all, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. Whew. That is some good stuff right there. And that's why I read it in the Passion Translation. The King James with the dowels just doesn't do it justice. You know, and... So I want us to look at verse 14. Mike is going to throw verse 14 up there. The mature children of God are those. And we're just going to stop right there. Who are the mature children of God? I think every one of us in here probably have a different definition of that. Because I know some people that, oh, my, my child's mature. Your child needs a whooping. <laughs> right? Or, or my child's mature. They don't know how to feed themselves. What do you mean? Look at the mess they're making. They're sitting at the restaurant throwing things around. That's not maturity. So I think we don't all have the same definition of maturity. But that's okay. Webster helped us with that. And I'm going to read a few of those. And we're going to really talk about what is mature. Because if all of these things are there for the mature believer, we need to know who they're talking about. And you need to know if you qualify or not. Because I can tell you this, there are people that have been sitting in the church for a very long time, and they're not mature. And then there's some that have been sitting a very short time, and they are mature. And, and like Pastor Flippo used to say, I'm tired of parting your mustache to put your bottle in. It's time we get into some milk. <laughs> or meat, I'm sorry. See my, listen, my brain ain't been working the last few days. So... Hey, can somebody probably find me a, a bottle of water back there? The worship team knows where they are, so I'm looking at them. So we're going to dig into this. What is maturity? Webster says, having completed natural growth and development, or ripe fruit is what they said. Having attained a final or desired state. I like that one because I know God wants us to have a desired state, right? He wants fruit to grow in our life. And there is a desired state that he's looking for us to have, the fullness of Christ. Or relating to a condition of full development. Some of us need to develop. Huh? Thank you. Thank you, sir. If I say, is it open? How tight did he put the... 
Much better. Thank you. Full development. Full development. The church's responsibility is to help develop believers. That's the church's responsibility. That's the teacher, the pastor, the apostle to help develop. Right? Who agrees with that? Anybody? I see some of y'all won't raise your hand because you know I'm setting you up for something. <laughs> to do the work of the ministry. <laughs> yeah, I knew some of y'all got that when y'all weren't going to do it. Look at Ephesians 4.13. Going to be right there on the screen for you. I went back to the King James. Put those in King James for you. So, till we all come into the unity of faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, into a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. See, this is what the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher are to help perfect the saints, to help mature the saints, to help the saints do the work of the ministry. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sight of men cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive you. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. It's maturity. It's maturity, speaking truth in love. Grow up into him, the head, even Christ. Are you maturing? Are you noticing anything in your life that will show that you're maturing spiritually? I can tell you this. If you're reading the word of God and it never speaks to you about things, you might need to ask him if, if you, your spirit is even alive. And the more you read the word, the more it should become alive. I, I heard a story yesterday of a gentleman that went to prison, uh, wrongfully convicted, and eventually he was released. He didn't know how to read or write or anything. He was like sixth grade when he went to prison a uh, long time ago. And somebody led him to Jesus, and he would listen to the person read the Bible, and he sat there crying before the Lord saying, I need, I need to know how to read your word. And he said the Holy Spirit hit him. He opened it, and it's like the words leaped off the page. He could immediately read it, immediately read it. And, and this person is serving the Lord today, and, and just, you know, they were actually at the prayer breakfast. It was an amazing story. That's, that's allowing the Holy Spirit to get inside of you. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to instruct you of some things. Because you know what? We need to mature, guys. It, it's crazy that, that we see people that are in church, and they get pulled away by such small things sometimes. Such small things, they get, you know, twisted and, and, and bent out of shape over. And it's like, because we need to mature. Look at Hebrews 5. I'm going to read these verses and then we're going to spend a little bit more time talking. I'm just trying to get you that, that foundation. Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. And this, this alone we can spend a week in. For when... For when the time ye ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again. Which by the first principles of the oracles of God and become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness for he or she is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are full age. Even those who by reason of use have the senses ex exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, let me listen to it. Let me read it to you again in the message because it, it put it in a different way that I hope everybody can understand what I'm saying. Look at this in the message. 
I have a lot more to say about this, but it's hard to get it across to you since you've picked up this bad habit of not listening. Now, keep that one up there. Now you know why I read it to you in the message. How many believers have a bad habit of not listening? I know that already. It doesn't apply to me. I know that already. It doesn't apply to me. I've read that verse. That, 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 that's for you, Mike. That's not for me. I don't have that problem. We don't listen. We don't allow the scriptures to speak to us. We don't allow a fellow believer to, to teach us because we think we know it all. But the one verse we never did learn was is pride comes before the fall. <laughs> Maybe we should go learn that one. Let's look at the rest of this verse because it gets really good. By this time, you ought to be teachers yourself, but here I find you need someone to sit down with you and go over the basics on God again, starting from square one. Mm, go ahead. Baby's milk. When you should have been on solid food long ago, milk is for beginners, inexperienced in God's way. See, look at that right there. How is it that we have believers that have been sitting in church all these years and they're inexperienced in God's ways? Have they not listened to any sermons? Or is it that they refuse to allow it to get in? I heard a statement yesterday by the, the gentleman that was our keynote speaker. And he says, the world is looking for a transactional relationship. I'm sorry, our transactional religion. We just want to make a transaction and we got our religion. We checked our blocks. That's what this is. We fill our queue, right? We, we check our blocks. We come to church. We fulfill all our religious duties. And that's all I got to do. And I'm going to walk into heaven and they're going to sing my praises. That's a transactional religion. And that's what the world wants, because guess what? There's no requirements on that. You don't have to be holy. Jamie, you don't even have to talk nice to your wife. You don't have to do anything good, man. I don't think that would go over very well, but that's just between, you know. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? But you know what the other statement that the, the gentleman made? But Jesus offers a transformational relationship. I was like, man, I, got, I wrote that one down. That one's amazing. But that's where we are a lot of times. Because you, you have an opportunity to study the Bible or, or anything like that. Oh, no, 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 I don't need to do that. I'm, I'm good. I've already been to church this week. You know, you've been to church twice this week? What have you been doing? You need Jesus that much? I don't know about you, but I need him a lot. Listen, I drove to Lafayette, to Baton Rouge, and Lafayette, and across Lafayette, and back across Lafayette, and into Eunice, and... I need Jesus a whole lot. I made it all the way through there and didn't lose my salvation, the whole thing. I was like, praise God. But I did go to the hotel Monday night and did, did a lot of praying. You know, <laughs> I need the Holy Ghost a lot. <sighs> Baby's milk. When well, you should have been on solid food long ago, milk is for beginners. We need those. Can, can I teach you something for a moment that I learned going from one church to another one years ago. My, my, my first pastor, Pastor Flippo, an amazing guy, taught me a lot of things. He's still, if you're listening, you still owe me college money for Ryland. Uh, he held my youngest son before I did in the hospital. I went to get my wife some food and get my other son. And, you know, I always mess up the story, but it doesn't matter. It's my story. I'm telling it the way I want to because my wife's shaking her head over there. 
and, and, and Pastor Flippo came by to pray, you know, with her and everything like that, and they brought him. She handed Rylan off to him, and I walk in. He's like, oh. You know, so I told him he's got to pay for college. That's, that's what I get out of it. But you know what I realized is, is he was a pastor that was feeding me milk in that portion of my life. If I had a problem, I'd go to him, and he would grab the word, and he'd, well, Rich, let's look at what the word says. And we'd sit down, and we'd go over it, and we'd talk about it, and he'd help teach me how to apply it into my situation today. And I began to learn how to, to, to go into the word and do this. Well, you know, years later, we, God moved us from that church to, to John Burke's church. And I remember going to him one day and, and, you know, I was like, well, you know, Bishop, we, we called him Bishop just to mess with him. Some people called him Holy Bubba, but that was just a different joke. Uh, I was like, Bishop, I got this going on. And he's just looking at me like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, but I got this. He's like, yeah. He's like, what do you want me to do about it? I don't know. You know? He says, well, what's the word say? Well, that's why I come to you. He says, well, if you don't know how to look up the word yourself, you got a problem. And, and I realized I wanted somebody to spoon feed it for me. I liked that. It, it was nice because I didn't have to worry about it. I didn't have the responsibility of finding it myself. And if it failed, it was his fault because he didn't help me. But what Bishop taught me was is, is by now you should be teaching others. You're not a baby anymore, son. Grow up. And, and you need to figure out where the word, what the word says. And I had to learn to, to dig into the word. And, of course, his, his wife would come over. The grandkids called her Marmy, so we called her Pastor Marmy. And she'd come over. She said, Rich, you know he loves you, you know. And, and she would try to spoon feed because that's what that her that was her gifting, and she'd look at him. I do love him. That's why I told him the truth and told him to go find it. And, and so you never went to him if you had a problem. If you know, but it was good because you know what we learned that I I don't always have to call somebody else to tell me how to solve my problem. What I learned was is I can get into the Word myself and get on my knees and get an answer. And then I can go talk to somebody. Hey, this is what, I, what I'm dealing with, and, and this is what I felt the Lord was telling me in the Word. And I go to another mature believer, and they're like, yeah, that's, that's good. That's, that's good stuff. See, that's, that's stopping the milk and getting on the meat. And that's how you're going to deal with problems in your life when what are you going to do when nobody, there's nobody to call? What are you going to do when, when you're standing in a situation that you've got to answer now? I don't have any time to call you, Earl, to pray for me. I can't put it on the prayer line. I, I, I got to have an answer right now. And you know what I know, though? Is, is God's not going to let me go through a situation that I'm not prepared for. He's always going to make a way for me to get through it. But here's the problem. A lot of us want to sit down and just float down the lazy river when he's saying, no, no, no. He said, it's time you get out there and swim. But we want the lazy river because it's comfortable. And it's time the church rises up because I'm telling you, it's not going to get any better. And if you don't know how to stand up against what the world is doing and, and give an account, oh, wait, the word says that. You should be ready to give an account. But you haven't got to that chapter. You see what I'm saying? We, we've got to get past the milk for beginners, inexperienced in God's ways. 
How is it that we can sit in church for all these years and not know God's ways? Have we been surrounding ourselves with inexperienced people? Babies? We need to change that. We need to encourage each other. Let's keep going. Inexperienced in God's way. Wait, solid food is for the mature who have some practice in telling right from wrong. See, just looking at this scripture, if you're still on the milk, are you even allowing God to speak to you about what's right and wrong? You see how this works? When we look at this passage alone, let me read this, this to you. Watch this. I found this from, a, from another writer, and I said, this is great. In verse 12, you find out that you can't handle solid spiritual food. You've got to have milk. You also find out that unskilled, you're unskilled in the word of righteousness. You can't discern good and evil, and you're unable to teach other people. But if you look at it at the same token and you say, you know what? I'm a mature believer, so I should be able to handle meat. And as a mature believer, I should be able to look at the word, right? Look at the word and see righteousness and be acting that way. Are you seeing those things in your life? And I can discern what's good and bad. I shouldn't have somebody tell me, well, that's a little white lie. You don't need it. I shouldn't have that anymore. And I should also be able to teach others. See, if you can do those basic things according to this verse, th these verses, you're showing maturity. Let's look at a few more signs of, of maturity. It begins in the heart. Having a desire to be like Jesus. Having a desire to be like Jesus. How many of us don't even have a desire to be like Jesus? Well, I just go to church. I, I don't need to be like Jesus. Well, Philippians 2.5. I don't have it up there, so I just, I'm going to reference it. Let this, be, this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2.5. The mind of Christ should be in you. So you should be able to discern these things. A lack of desire to grow will leave you floundering. A lot of people sit in church and they don't want to grow. They have no desire to know any more about God. And honestly, that dumbfounds me because since, since I was saved and, and committed my life to Christ, I've always wanted to know more. And can I be honest with you, the way I'm studying this right here is the way I study a lot of the Word. And, and I was telling somebody the other day that, that you know, when, when I go to bed, I have to read other things. Because if, if I sit down and begin to read the Word, my mind is going to begin to try to find every other combination to it and, and how it applies. Because I've, I've read the Word, and that's how I'm built. So I have to read other things. Because if I start reading the word when I go to bed, which sometimes I still do, I wake up in the middle of the night and have to start taking notes. Because that's just how God wired me. And so if I want to, I'll find something or play a game that's just mind-numbing, nothing, just to get it to stop. All day long, as a mature believer, we should be hearing a scripture or thinking of a scripture and say, how does that apply? How does that apply to me? What other verse in the Bible would that match to? And just begin to think, oh, wait, the Bible says think on these things. You see, this is the sign of maturity. We're four words into the Bible study, and we haven't even got past them yet because we have to know. 1 Peter 2, 2 tells us this. As newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word, that they may grow. We need the pure word. 
We need to get into the word and get it inside of us so that we can speak it. No desire translates to this. No growth will be forthcoming because it does not happen by accident. You do not mature on accident. You mature in Christ because you have a desire and you put forth effort. I saw uh, one of the coaches posted this today. It was the football players running the lines, right? Or the basketball players called them suicides. But the football players run the lines. And he had a picture from the end. And all the other players went across the line. And it was this one player on the end that was about a foot away from it. He says, and that's the player that won't make it because he's already cutting corners. He's in practice, and he's going to cheat. Perfect practice makes perfect play. Perfect practice. So when we're studying the word, we're, we're practicing. Perfect practice. I can't cut a corner. And as much as I want to, yeah, I've read that verse before. I'm going to jump through. No, I need to read it again. I find myself doing that a lot. I, I need to read it through. I need to read it through. Why? Because it doesn't happen accidentally, guys. Maturity doesn't happen just because. Listen, I, I used to pray to the Lord. Lord, just, just let me learn by osmosis. You know? Let me, let me get it in there. It gets in there through the Holy Ghost. But I haven't had it go through there in osmosis. And I can tell you I have slept on my Bible before. Because I was sleeping on the floor one, one day in a place, and all I had was my Bible. I put it behind my head just so I could get halfway comfortable. I've slept on my shoes, too, because that helps. But I have slept on the Bible, and I didn't get any smarter for it. Um, I was hoping. It's all maturity. Where are you at? The required desire is not hoping for a little growth. I don't want a little growth. I don't want to be a little like Jesus. I don't want to know a little bit about the word. I want to know the word, and I want the fullness. Why? Because he said I could. Why not? That's like having a, you know, man, I used to love the Dodge Viper. That's like having that, what, V12? Was it a V12, Rowland, or whatever? And having only four cylinders work. That's why I don't want, like, Corvettes. Man, I got to push it. It's I don't want a car like that because I'm going to put it to the floor. I'm just, if I got it, I want to use it. Right? And, and so why, why is it that we struggle in life in areas and the answers are right here, but it's going to take a little work. And then what happens? We don't want to dig into it. Why not? Because it's going to take a little work. We want it spoon fed to us. The required desire is not hoping for a little growth. Rather, it is the approach of giving all diligence. Oh, wait, that's 2 Peter 1, 5 and 10. Giving all diligence. Giving all diligence. Jesus said that when we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we will be blessed. That's Matthew 5, 6. You see, they're, they're all in there telling us that we should want to be mature. We beat it into our kids. It's about time you learn that. It's, it's time. You know, we, we whip them to teach them the lessons, but we don't want anybody to tell us that. Oof. Say that again. Growth is continuous. Growth is continuous without it. 
failure to thrive. That's good. Growth should be continuous. We must make it a top priority to grow spiritually. That was my next line written down, which is what you're talking about. Having my spiritual maturity rise should be more important to me than seeing the value of my financial assets rise or seeing my knowledge of secular subjects grow. We'll spend a lot of time learning a lot of things. But when was the last time we devoted that much energy to learning the word? Learning the word. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Mature believer, one that's being led by the Spirit, that understands what the Word says, is able to see good and evil, is able to teach other people. Those, and, I, and there was in the, uh, the translation, it said, and only those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. You see, you, you, you focus on the maturity, allowing God to teach you, and then you will be moved by the Holy Spirit. You will not be tossed by everything that comes and goes in life. You know, my, my mom's in the hospital down there, and, and there was a complications with her mind and different things like that. I'm not freaked out about it. If I told somebody, I, I know my God's got it in hand. So Sunday morning, I preached here. We worshiped, right? I went Sunday night. We did that up there. We had an amazing time. We, we really did have a great time, you know, and, and we had some other, some visitors come in. God got a hold of them. We had, what, two or three people from our group that was there giving words, spiritual words, and, man, it was just great, people being used. I wasn't worried about my mom at all. You know why? Oh, because she's in the hospital. They're taking care of her. <laughs> Ain't nothing to do with a hospital because I've only read this a little bit, and the word tells me that he's going to take care of her because he's one of, she's one of his. Now, do I want to see her? I did go see her. I prayed for her and not fretting it. Why? Because I know God has her. Why? Because of what the Word says. You see, guys, it's, it's about maturity. And when, when situations come against our life, we don't freak out about it. I'm not going to let the world overwhelm me on things. Right? Like I've said before, worry about today. Let tomorrow take care of itself. Oh, wait, that's in the Word, too. Dang. I'm trying to tell you something that's not in there, but it's, it's because it's in here, that's how I have to talk, and that's how you have to talk. And that's what the world wants to see because there's too many fake believers out there that have been playing games for so long, for so long. So now we all know what mature believer is. And hopefully next week we can continue on with this because remember, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back to a fear of never being good enough. You are good enough. And as you mature in Christ, you will realize that you're good enough. And then you will realize that I am a child of God and I don't have to worry about it. And then all these things are just going to continue to be added. Now, the rest of them, I believe, are going to be a little bit easier to kind of go through. But again, when I got to mature believer, I'm like, we got to talk about that for a while. So can we pray tonight? And we're going to... That y'all go eat or whatever you're going to do. Listen, so may maybe you're here tonight or maybe you're there online. And we've talked about Jesus and maybe you don't know him as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Tonight is an opportunity for you to, to receive him as your Lord and Savior and, his, and accept him. 
So if you're in this place tonight and, and you say, Pastor, I need to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, just raise your hand up real quick because I want to know who you are so I can pray with you and I want to talk to you. If you know, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and maybe you're online, you can text us. I know they're going to put that link up on there. I just want to pray first before we, we go on. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of the things that I have done wrong to you. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you for sending him to die for me. But I also thank you that you raised him from the dead. And now he sits with you. I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And I accept his blood to wash and cleanse me of all my sins. And I accept the work that he did that I too might have a relationship with you, Father. Thank you for forgiving me and thank you for saving me and setting me free from this world. Jesus' name. Listen, I want to pray over you tonight before we, we go. Father, I, I thank you for the people that are here. And Lord, I know we have some mature believers in this congregation, Lord. And I, I pray that this would bring them even to a new level. Lord, bring us to a point where we get so hungry and thirsty that nothing can satisfy us but your word and your presence. Lord, all the things that distract us in this life, Push them away, God, that we would only desire you. Father, we need you. We need a fresh touch every day, the meat of the word, an experience with you, your presence. We need to hear your voice and see your face, and we need to seek after you more and more and more. Give us that desire, God. Holy Spirit, allow us to have experiences with you that will forever transform us and change our names. And, Lord, I thank you for the people that are here, and I speak a blessing over them, and I thank you for, for taking care of us, Lord, as we travel and we do all the things that we do and protect us from the viruses. And, Lord, I know there are those watching online as well. Father, I pray that you just would move upon them in their homes and in, in hospital beds if they're at hospitals. I thank you for healing those that need a healing right now. And I thank you for all that in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree, say amen with me tonight. Amen, amen. Listen, love you. Thank you for coming tonight and uh, worshiping with us and hearing the word. Don't forget, Friday, we're going to leave at 3. So if you want to be here, and we're going to be back late. So, Or actually, we won't be back late. We'll be back early. It'll be next morning, but listen, it, it'll all be good. It'll all be good. And hey, if you want to if you want to be a part of uh, of our greeter ministry and any of these kind of things, we, we are putting all that together, and we're going to rotate people through just saying hello to people. Uh, we've got, you know, a little Chromebook that if we had somebody that wants to run that, we're going to put it up there on the welcome desk. And instead of having them fill out a, a connect card, somebody can bring them over and they can just type their information and hit the button real fast. So much easier than having them fill out a card. It, you know, we've got all this stuff coming. You know, all these different things we're working on. Uh, so be a part. We've got our, our forms up here that you can fill out to be a part of what we're doing. And as we, as we continue to grow with this other church up there and the things that we're doing, we're going to need more help there. Uh, Sunday we'll have it in the bulletin. We've got that piano recital coming up. And so imagine this. We've got a re piano recital Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock. So we're going to have probably 100-and-something people in here. It's going to be a little over an hour. And then they're going to leave. Building's got to be disinfected real quick. And then another group's going to come in because they're doing two of them. We're going to need people to, do, to help with that. You know why? Because there's going to be another group of us going up there and ministering. 
Yeah, you see, you see what I'm saying? So we're going to need people that are just willing to open the door. Somebody willing to put on my backpack sprayer back there, which I can show you. They just walk around and follow the chairs and it dries. You know, we're going to have to have people that are willing to help. And you know what? This is a great thing because we're going to be able to minister to a lot of people. And Amelia says she has something to say. So, hey, y'all, yeah, we, we got to get her up there one day though with the microphone. So, but anyways, listen, we love you guys. And if you want to be a part of any of that, just let us know. You know, we want you to be a part of it. And we're, we're working on starting up our security force and all those different things. Uh, so we're, we're finding more and more ways for you to be a part. The men's conference meeting that I was at last night, we're, we're still working on that. It's going to be over uh, in, in uh, Eunice area. We've got about 15 speakers that are going to come in, and they're just going to do little 15, 20-minute testimonies, all men. You know, so we're, we're working on that as well. So, hey, God's doing things. And I got a lady, I think, that will come in and do a women's thing for us. She's a pretty powerful speaker, too, so working on that. God's doing things, guys. Let's, let's go out and tell somebody about Jesus, you know, and uh, invite them to church Sunday because we're going to have another good day. Amen. So love you guys, and I'm going to stop talking. Battery's not red yet, so I can, no. So love you. Good seeing you, man.